0: The following podcast is a production of Commercial Investment Real Estate Magazine, the official publication of CCIM Institute. For more on the latest trends, best practices, and continuing education in all areas of the industry, visit our website at ccim.com and sign up for our education e-newsletter. Welcome to another episode of Commercial Investment Real Estate Podcasts. I'm Nicholas Leiter, Senior Content Editor of the magazine. In this episode, I spoke with John D'Angelo, a Managing Director of Deloitte Consulting, about the development of artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things in commercial real estate. He shares details of these emerging technologies and their massive potential to improve decision-making for owners, operators, and tenants across asset classes. All right, first off, I'd like to welcome John D'Angelo, a Managing Director of Deloitte Consulting, to the show. John, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Nick. I wanted to jump into artificial intelligence. Uh, Deloitte actually established an AI Institute last June that, quote, focuses on AI research, eminence, and applied innovation across industries. Uh, the timing couldn't have been more perfect, but I'm sure it had been in the works for some time. Can you tell me more about the Institute's history and mission, along with any impact that you've seen in the short time since its launch? Sure. Yeah, no, thanks for asking about that. And in, in fact, Nick, I think it's I think it's probably a good example of why I
1: came to Deloitte. I, I, I came to Deloitte relatively late in my career, partly because of the things that we we're pioneering in other industries and how they're applicable to the real estate space. Um, so after having been around real estate for 30-something years and being very prideful about knowing the best practices in real estate, it dawned on me at some point that maybe real estate isn't in every case the place to go looking for best practices. <laughs> and, and AI is a really good example of, of that. So yes, yeah, so the AI Institute, as you, as you rightly said, was founded inside of Deloitte, uh, you know, around mid year last year. Um, and at a high level, it, it is very much to sort of push the boundaries of applied AI. Um, so although you know, Deloitte and, and many companies have, you know, uh, AI PhDs running around, um, there aren't um, a lot of companies that really need to do, you know, sort of deep thinking uh, and research about uh, about what AI is and how AI works, but more thinking about how AI actually gets leveraged. So what do you use it for? How how does it provide value? You know, where do you, where where can it be used? To, um, speed things up, make things better, do things that, that weren't previously possible. And that's, that is all, uh, of what our AI Institute is, is doing and what the mission is, is sort of thinking about and pushing the boundaries of what's possible with AI. Um, and, you know, I think in doing so, also raising awareness of, of what it is, um, fundamentally. So I think that's all wrapped into the charter of it. Um, we're, I guess, a couple more points about it. Um, I, I, think it's particularly interesting. And I think we'll likely to talk about this in, in our conversation together. Um, our, our point of view and, and I think it's a prevailing point of view is that AI doesn't replace normal eye. <laughs> so that is to say, you know, it is, it's something that, that is most powerful when it works with people. Um, and, you know, people's, uh, instincts, intuition, judgment, the kinds of things that people are fundamentally good at and, you know, marrying the two together. So I think that's I think that's interesting. I think the other thing that's interesting is and something that, that's a point of pride for me is we're pretty quick to also emphasize uh, ethics around AI and around technology in general. So I think the firm has done a really good job of raising the awareness that it's an important topic and an important
0: question. You know, as you think about technology in general and particularly artificial intelligence and how it gets used. Yeah, it, it seems like it's it's an, obviously an emerging technology and it's from my very uh, removed opinion, it sounds like the ethics and how to use it is important to do up first rather than <laughs> on the back end after it's kind of become part of, of uh, everyday business.
1: Yeah, right. It's a hard hard genie to put back in the bottle if you're not thinking about it. Um, you know, while, while you're thinking about how
0: it gets used, and and I also it's interesting that you say that that you still emphasize the I, um, not just the AI, because I think there is some trepidation in the industry as far as about going the way of travel agents, where you know Expedia kind of took care of of of, of a lot of people's jobs, and and I think um, there is a fear of that in within commercial real estate, but there's also uh, a little bit of track record that. That you know the the human human interaction and expertise is, is also a value.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to one of our clients. Uh, in fact, a guy that runs research in, in one of our big clients, one of the big real estate services companies, was was reciting it. We, he and I were talking about data and the use of data, and he was talking about the sort of pitfalls of things like you know pricing models that that weren't you know developed for yeah you know, the the current you know the condition, right? There's there's things that some of the the pricing models or pricing tools have never seen before. The pandemic hit, and you know they were suggesting uh, pricing for you know leases in particular that that didn't make common sense. And you know you can, on on the one hand you could take that as a cautionary tale of well don't trust the AI. On the other hand, it is you know taken as an opportunity to help the AI learn you know what's happening in the current environment. So. I, and, and I think we'll probably talk about this too I think there's a there's fear of taking work away but frankly I think some of the work that's being taken away is not you know it's not particularly enriching work for people to be doing so I think there's a big opportunity to, to use technology and AI in particular to shift you know work to higher value activities um, and and I talk to companies all the time about you know gosh what would you do if you could free up? some some time that people are spending that has to get done but doesn't really add value and you know often in the c-suite uh you know i'll run out of ink before they run out of ideas um if i'm writing down what they're saying so there, there is um there is a, a a bit of uh you know gosh if, if we could just you know free up more time and cycle for for people to do better things it, it adds value to the whole enterprise i think that's i think that's part of what's at the
0: you know, the pot of gold at the end of the technology rainbow is is freeing up people to do better things. And as, as far as the types of tasks or jobs that an AI or some sort of similar technology could handle, are, my, my mind initially goes to just kind of data crunching or, you know, uh, some sort of complicated spreadsheet application. Is that what you're thinking?
1: Yeah. And some of it's even just as simple as, you know, the, the industry is so full of cases where um, people are thrown at process problems, <laughs> so um, you know it, it's 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 literally it's rekeying something from from one place to another. You know, it turns out there's technology for that. <laughs> so, or you know, sort of hunting and gathering and making sense of, of is the data right before I spend a minute thinking about what it means. So there's just all these examples of uh, you know data governance is a uh, and happy to talk about data, but. You know data governance is is a I don't know maybe a decade old or a dozen year old thing in the industry and and I talked to colleagues that have worked in other industries for a long time and it's almost laughable to them. But you know w- without without data governance and people trusting the data, it means that everybody, well, not everybody, but but a number of people spend a bunch of time trying to figure out if they can trust the data before they think about what it means. And if you could get rid of that,
0: they could spend a lot more time thinking about what it means and, and you know, what do you do about it. And rightly so, COVID came up without, uh, with, without us going too far into the conversation. Um, and, and we all know that COVID has acted as both a disruptor and a catalyst for um, technology, technology in, real, in commercial real estate. How have you seen the pandemic affected the uses and adoption of such technologies?
1: Well, so I think AI and and maybe more broadly, um, the appetite for data and analytics, Um, you know, certainly at the beginning of the shutdown in the U.S., you know, I was talking to clients who were uh, in a very high frequency way trying to understand sort of tenant behavior or leasing behavior or, you know, what was happening with rent and rent collections. It makes perfect sense. Um, But as we saw happen in the global financial crisis, with investors asking, uh, you know, the uh, general partners, what was happening with with information about their portfolio, it, it wasn't in a in a great it wasn't in great shape in a bunch of cases. Um, and I think that's what what happened. You know, when we were looking for high frequency information about you know sort of the whole cycle to tenant behavior and and rent collections and you know occupancy or vacancy in a real time level i think it raised people's awareness of you know and, and in some cases had uh, we had clients have very pleasant surprises about how available the, the data was but but as many uh, clients as had pleasant surprises a, a lot more had unpleasant uh, experiences about just how much work it took to, you know, in a very frequent way in a period other than what they were used to, try to gather that information. So I think the the capture of data and putting that data to work, um, you know, sort of looking at, you know, maybe even uh, non-traditional uh, sources of data in decision making, I think it's just, it's opened up client's eyes about
0: how and where it's valuable and how it can be applicable to their business and decision-making. Do you think the, the, the stress that has resulted from COVID, has that reduced any hesitancy to adopting technologies or is that still a case-by-case basis?
1: Yeah. I, so I think it has accelerated sort of awareness, understanding, acceptance, and maybe the placement of value. On, on technology and analytics in a in a very big way across the industry so across asset classes you know across service providers you know even even speaking to so I, I focus mostly on on people who I, I say collect rent or you know or provide services uh, or invest in, in real estate uh, there's I've got colleagues who spend time with uh, with big space occupiers but even in the space occupiers I think it is, you know, raise awareness of of uh, the value of, of getting information, of sort of sensing and responding. So I think that's a it's a it's a really uh, good thing, Nick. And I think it is. You know, we've sort of seen over the last. Um, a Decade in particular, but the last two three years before the pandemic, you know, a, a growing awareness uh, or curiosity in you know where do I apply technology, how do I apply analytics? But I think in a in a very real way, we've seen that accelerate over the last year. And I think that I think it's I think it's great. I think it's going to pay you know big dividends uh, you know out as we sort of play out the next decade and, and more. I think I think we will see. You know, a, a big maybe receptivity to, you know, how how technology and, and data and, and analytics can change the way we, you know, invest in and, and use or understand what's happening in in the industry.
0: Yeah, and it seems like in difficult times, it's it's that's when you examine and, and look for inefficiencies. And if you're overwhelmed by data and not using it properly, then that's something that you can improve on. But but specifically looking. Um, obviously, CRE covers market sectors that go from, you know, agricultural land to 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 retail to office. Are there any certain markets that, that are especially ripe for adoption of AI and other CRE technologies? Well, so office is going to be a poster child of, um, uh, I, I think, uh,
1: advancement in uh, sort of technology adoption. I think it comes in a couple of different forms, Nick. I think You know, one of them is a a much more direct engagement, actually. So think office as well as as retail, uh, as well as multifamily in this category. So, you know, reaching out to and engaging directly with the people who use the space. So in office, you know, the actual occupants, um, you know, not not the tenants, but the people showing up. In, in using an office building or using space, you know, so um, under b- both in in helping to understand their behavior, you know, on sort of the right side of the creepy line, but you know, also in you know sort of providing amenities. So you know, I think that's that's been um, something that uh, uh, you know, as as somebody who's occupied office space, you know, all over the country in the, in in most of my professional career. Um, you know, so thinking about uh, getting into elevators or, um, uh, you know, reserving space, walking around floors, you know, looking for an empty office, you know, as opposed to just being able to know where to go and, and, and how to get there. So thinking about use cases that technology can enable by having direct engagement. I think that has changed a bunch. You know, so think about uh uh, and a you know a a resident for multifamily, all the things I used to have to go to and and in some cases, I still do have to go to a management office to deal with you know if if that if those things can be technology enabled and there's some some big multifamily owner operators that are that are you know making big bets in you know in unit technology and in the kinds of things that that residents can do and are asking for. I think the I think we're seeing a big acceleration there you know, shoppers, right? How, how much do you want to, uh, you know, drive around looking for an empty parking space if there's solutions for things like that, or, you know, again, staying on the right side of the creepy line. If a, um, a retail owner operator, you know, understands the kinds of things that I'm interested in in buying or the sorts of services I'm interested in, in engaging with and, can change the mix of what's available in my neighborhood center, you know, based on understanding a lot more about me and you know where I'm coming from and what I'm doing. It's a it's a great use of or it's a great example of, of analytics being applied not only to make a center better but to
0: you know, make my life better. And you've also mentioned robotic process automation, which um, obviously automation in general is a, is a massive topic across the national economy. And But it's been slow to gain traction in commercial real estate specifically. What potential do you see it in, in the industry as a whole for developers, owners, and tenants?
1: Yeah, so and, and let's just uh, so RPA, robotic process automation, is is really about not physical robots, but you know about about process robotics. So it, it um, in, in the in the ways in which uh, work gets done, if there is anything that is you know repetitive and rule based, so you know not a it's not a uh, you get to a, a point of process where there's a judgment call, but you know, so like this needs to be analyzed and, and if this condition's met, it needs to be entered this way. RPA is a really good um, uh, uh, a way to automate that work. So, you know, again, not taking judgment out of a process, but, you know, if, if I'm having somebody and I get it right, There's there's different systems and data that needs to flow through an enterprise, a lot of that today is. By humans in the real estate space, but um, you know, applying uh, process bots to you know, basically what I'm doing is just saying, look, take this take this bit of data, stick it in this cell over in the spreadsheet. <laughs> I'm, I'm not asking you to to decide whether it's good or bad. I'm just asking you to move it from here to there. RPA is great at that. It's just we, we don't see a, a widespread adoption in the in the real estate space, partly as Um, The RPA tools were relatively expensive and, and, you know, they applied to cases where, you know, it's kind of a fraction of somebody's time. So I can't really, you know, free up resources or it's hard to make a business case. But I think what we're seeing is uh, awareness of what RPA is go up in the industry and the cost of of bots go down, we'll start to see uh, more widespread adoption of it. And I think uh, honestly, Nick, it's the, it's probably the former is more important. It's the sort of understanding what it is and having it be the priority of the day, at least one day, right. Of of thinking about what it is, how do I apply it? How do I put it into my business?
0: Yeah. And, and as far as those uh, upfront costs, are those, on the decline as you'd expect as a, as a technology matures and and as it you know becomes more adaptable the, the less expensive it is
1: yeah it's sort of easier to easier to use easier to apply um, the the technology itself is becoming less costly so just it, you know it's a natural way of things it, it, it and and the other thing that's going to happen is we're such a flocking industry <laughs> once um you know once there's some some really good case studies of, of RPA being used in, um, you know, in particular, and I'm thinking about, uh, you know, owner operators, whether they're REITs or capitalized in a different way. The, you know, the, the, the there's just a, so many people that don't rise to, you know, the giant big cap REITs that when, when the cost goes down
0: and, and the understanding about how it applies goes up, we'll start to see it be much more widespread. And yeah, switching gears a bit to the, the Internet of Things, you've mentioned just the vast amounts of data that is that is now available that it wasn't five or 10 years ago. What benefits can all that information provide various sectors in commercial real estate?
1: Yeah. So, Nick, that's a it's an area that I am uh, super excited about. And and the reason I'm super excited about it is you I mean, think about uh, major mechanical systems that, you know, not that long ago, maintenance notes were written out by a, a person on a piece of paper. Uh, you know about sort of the behavior of, of a system. So now, uh, you know, with with IoT technology, you know, understanding how a chiller is behaving, um, you know, in, in very small increments, uh, and you know, look in, in, in applying AI to look for. I mean, this is a this is a relatively commonly cited use case, but you know, using AI to look for patterns in that data that that help you understand when. You know, a, a major mechanical system needs help um, or maintenance, or you know, is is exhibiting a pattern that that tends to mean it's going to fail, and and not running to fail like so many you know, there's sort of de facto um, maintenance policy of you know, well when it when it you know goes up in smoke, we'll replace it. <laughs> Well, you know, what What if you, you know, what if you can sense it's about to go up in smoke and, um, you know, uh, can keep a building more comfortable or replacing it, um, you know, over a weekend? You know, what's it do to, to occupant satisfaction? Or, you know, do a better job of maintaining it when it's asking for, when you know it's asking for maintenance so it doesn't fail is a, a good example. Um, you know, watching how people use space and turning on and off, uh, Lights or HVAC is a, uh, you know, there's such an obvious use case about um, about the cost of, of running a facility, and and IoT data can help you do that. As we come out of the pandemic and people are using, um, you know, office space, actually, it's going to be really interesting, Nick. I think IoT data is going to help us, if it's leveraged right, really better understand how people are using space. So, you know, combine sensors that are getting more sophisticated and, and less costly, um, you know, with people that are coming back to the office, maybe in different ways than they did before the the shutdown, you know, learning more and more about that's going to be kind of fantastic. So I think that's all, if you, if you put it all into a mix, um, you know, taking a, a ton of data from building systems and from sensors that sort of see how people are moving around the space, um, you know, and turning that into um, insight and, and feeding it to people to, you know, apply their judgment and instincts on it. Um, I think there's all these use cases that, that you know, if we raise the IQ of a building, whatever smart building means,
0: just generally, you know, raise the IQ, we're going to see a bunch of benefits in the, in the industry. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, I think coming out of COVID and returning to the office is a perfect case where it's not just about reducing the amount of, of electricity you're using. Now it's about, you know, taking care of your employees, making sure that, uh, different social distancing guidelines are met. And, and, and I think that's, um, I think that's a positive that both the employee, uh, your everyday employee is going to notice and the, the owner operator of the building is going to appreciate as well.
1: And even, even using it to call for, for cleaning, you know, like cleaning intelligently, right. So uh, I, you know, I probably shouldn't be Spending a lot of time cleaning places where nobody's used it, but I should spend a bunch of time, you know, cleaning uh, places that that are you know in high use. Um, it's a it's a, a really good application of of sensor data and and you know connecting it to
0: you know, actually creating actions. Yeah, and and I think looking at at all these technologies of AI automation, uh, IoT. Obviously, you can't pr- predict the future, but looking out a year or two years ahead of time, do you see the synergies between these technologies impacting analysis and and counseling within commercial real estate, whether that's in development phase, due diligence, all the way to disposition?
1: Yeah, I I sure do. In fact, if I think about the kinds of questions that we're getting asked um, by uh, investors or operators um, about you know, how people have moved around the country, um, you know, where should I be investing in space? Um, you know, what's that space want to look like? Um, uh, you know, what are, how do consumers behave? Um, it, you know, it, it all gets to, um, you know, having, having data analytics alongside of, I guess back at the beginning of the AI Institute, having data analytics alongside people and their, you know their instincts and all of their experiences it's the, uh, the the thing i'm i'm maybe most excited about is is that they seem to be coming together that uh i you know not that long ago there there wasn't much receptivity to um you know what the analytics said it was it was more about i'm going to you know and, and and lots of huge deals have been done in the real estate industry based on sort of instincts and beliefs and, and bravado. And you don't want to stop that because it's, I don't know about you, it's one of the things that attracts me to in the industry is being around people that, you know, sort of have a vision and want to create something. But having analytics keep you honest, <laughs> um, I think is uh, keep you honest and, you know, point out things that are, you know, maybe non-intuitive um, that, you, that, that make you think um, can only be a good thing.
0: Uh, and I think that's what we're going to see. I think it, there's always going to be part of uh, of a deal that that involves going with your gut a bit. But uh, if you have uh, some better research and, and numbers behind it, you might be uh, a little bit m- more sure of your of your decision in that case.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or you know, make you think about, gosh, maybe we should be investing in Pittsburgh. I you know didn't I, I'd sort of written it off, and and you know look what the data is telling me. Maybe we ought to go poke into it some more.
0: Well, great. And, and I guess the last question, like I said, you, you probably can't predict the future, but, you know, as far as looking out two, three years down the road, what, what kind of developments or, or what kind of, uh, where do you see the trajectory of AI and cognitive technologies within the CRE market?
1: Yeah, so I I just, I I think it is going to um, be much more widespread, and I think it gets back to the whole purpose of of the AI Institute, and that is, you know, looking at cases where um, you don't need to deeply understand what AI is or what it means. Um, You need to be open to, um, you know, what it can do for you. (laughs) So, you know, ultimately, what's the... What's the end use case? So, um, you know, it's, a, it's that looking at you know pattern recognition and um, uh, you know the, how the AI tools can point out things that are non-intuitive. I think we're going to see a lot more of that uh, turn up in the spaces. People, again, I, I, don't, I think it, it, it will become more approachable. Um, and if you if you if you haven't done it, if you if you get a chance to to watch a couple of the podcasts that are uh, that are out there for the AI Institute. There's some really great eye-opening practical things like you know, helping target calls that hospitals make to patients to you know, sort of improve um, how how and when people show up to doctors' appointments. You know it didn't it didn't change the fact that people call. It just changed the order in which they they call patients. And that order, you know, improves the number of people that show up on time. Um, you know, which saves doctors. Yeah, you know, just it's these great knock-on effects that you don't really have to understand the AI.
0: You just you have to get that there's a benefit to you know applying the technology. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think in this in commercial real estate, everybody everybody works hard, but um, it never hurts to work smarter in this case.
1: Yeah, and there's some room
0: for that. Yeah, yeah, always. Well, John, I appreciate your time and and thank you for joining the, the CRE podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for listening to this episode of Commercial Investment Real Estate Podcast. Head to SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Join us next month for a brand new episode of Commercial Investment Real Estate Podcast, featuring another leading figure from the world of commercial real estate.